Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL. Tonight, we will be previewing the playoffs, a, a fun time around USL with uh, the single elimination format I'm very, very excited about. We'll also obviously talk about a huge win to finish off the season on a high note over uh, Pittsburgh and Bob Lilly. And uh, we'll we'll preview their match against uh, Charleston. Joining me tonight, as always, it's Mr. Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you? Doing great. Big win over the weekend. Uh, yeah, playoffs. Here we go. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. The uh, the win this past weekend, maybe a little gift-wrapped for that opening goal. Uh, but, you know, no mistake on that second one as Pittsburgh was uh, pushing and pushing and they got caught on the counter. Let's talk about, first, before we talk about anything, let's talk about sort of a makeshift lineup that was, that was brought out there. Obviously, uh, you know, there's no Andrew Tenari. There's no Hassan and Dom, although we might we'll get to that later. Maybe there's a little bit of a fitness issue. No Evan Loro, and this team uh, still goes out and gets a huge result against a very very good uh, conference rival that lets them finish the season on a three game winning streak heading into the playoffs. You cannot ask for anything more uh, in terms of uh, building momentum. But uh, I mean. You look at at the resume of this team over the last, I don't know, let's say month, two months, they've really built up ahead of steam, and I think they have as good a chance as anyone to uh, to head into the playoffs and make some noise, which is, I guess, kind of commonplace now with the with this club, but it's still a good thing to see. But let's focus first on this this game this past weekend, and let's talk that makeshift lineup. Yeah, I mean, it really speaks to the depth of this team last year, uh, this year as opposed to last year, because I think if they had done something like this last year, it wouldn't have really worked. And you could see that even though it was kind of a makeshift lineup without some of their regulars in it, they still performed pretty well. I mean, Pittsburgh did have some chances and came oh so close a couple times to, you know, tying this game up. But I really think it speaks to how the, you know, how the development of this team has come. I mean, to be able to trust guys, uh, you know, even with Brian White starting on the wing and Tom Barlow up top, and then you know you bring uh, you have Scarlett and Pollitt who have really never gotten a chance to pair together this year in a game. They did a pretty, uh, I would say, a pretty decent job. Scott Levine makes a great, a big save on a penalty uh, for the one mistake they did make. But yeah, I, I think it really speaks to how deep this team is. Uh, even I've, even uh, John Wolniak touched on it after the game. The, this is one of the deeper units they've had. Yeah, I think uh, top to bottom, it's a lot more even in, in terms of uh, being able to plug and play. Uh, you mentioned it. Scott Levine had a huge PK save. He also made a number of saves that kept them uh, in the match and in control. Uh, for a guy that has played very few minutes this year, to have that kind of performance uh, against you know Pittsburgh and and the type of strikers like they have like Nico Brett and Romeo Parks, uh, you got to be really happy. And uh, you mentioned Kevin Pollitz and the job that that he and Jordan did. Pollitz, I thought you know he had that one moment at the very end of the game where you know maybe you could pin that last goal a little bit on him. Maybe he should have been able to save it. 
but he's making goal line clearances. He was snuffing out any any crosses that were coming into the box. He did a great job on one on one defending, stepping up into the midfield and making some passes. He really looked like a a mature version of the player that we've seen throughout this year that that has been growing. And for him to kind of step up in this way, I think is is a really promising sign uh, for the Red Bulls too. Not just in the playoffs this year, but uh, moving forward next year. Yeah, he, I mean, he he's done a. There, there's been a few guys over the season that have done a uh, have improved. I would say by leaps and bounds, and he's one of them. Uh, the confidence you could see has grown with him over the season. Uh, Tom Barlow, I can't tell you how impressed I was with his ability to hold the ball up and his just him on the ball in this game. I think there was one instance where he, I believe beat two or three guys with the ball just to hold it up to get it to Ethan Cutler on the wing, which was very impressive. There was just so many instances of how, you know, how good of a job they've done developing some of these players over the season. I mean, Jose Aguinaga has another very good game, makes the pass to Jared Stroud on the wing for the second goal, which was very nice. There, you know, even, you know, we haven't even mentioned Christian Caceres because, you know, we just kind of expect him to have one of those games where he's just so dominant in the midfield and just shuts down everything. Uh, Steven Echeverria had a had a, a good showing in this game, too. So, I mean, you, you just look at it and you see how well some of these players that aren't getting a lot of time this year did in this game. Yeah, I would say that if you were to put this lineup out uh, back in, in April, uh, this is going to be a team that gets stopped. You know, you, even though uh, Caceres is out there, he wasn't performing at this level. Um, certainly Echeverria and Aguinaga were not although they both had uh, okay moments back earlier in the season, but they weren't um, these sort of uh, dominant forces that all three of them have been over the last couple of games, which obviously has led to some very, very nice results for the Red Bulls too. Uh, Aginaga in particular, I think, you know, there's still moments where yeah, you would have uh, you would have enjoyed it at the match uh, of me yelling at players who cannot hear me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of times where I don't agree with the decisions that he makes, uh, but he's he's fearless in in the way that he carries the ball forward, and he commits to, to the decisions that he makes, which I think is important for a player, even if if he's making mistakes, uh, he's not being caught in two minds and, and taking too long. He he does attempt to play uh, what would not necessarily be the best pass uh, at, at times. But I think that, again, that that's a really good thing for him as a player to do. And it just in general, the energy that you see from him and sort of uh, the leadership and the willingness to kind of be the guy on the ball who's looking to open up the defense, that's great stuff. And, and that's exactly what we wanted to see from him earlier in the year. And now that's finally happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been great. Uh, and then, you know, we talk about, you know, probably the MVP of the team this year, Jared Stroud, comes on, grabs a goal, huge goal in the game too because Pittsburgh ended up scoring one late. But, I mean, Jared doesn't even – it doesn't even take Jared 10 minutes to get on the field and make an impact. That's how crucial – and we've talked about it um, um, many times in the past few weeks on the show, how crucial he's been down the stretch for this team. Oh, 100%. And the funniest thing about it was – uh he could have had a goal, you know, a couple minutes before that. He's in almost the exact same sort right. of position, and, the pass, <laughs> and he, pass he was like right behind him, and he yeah, and it, and it, yeah. it made him hesitate. He took a little too long. He gets caught, and then you know, next time in, he doesn't wait. He he fires the shot home. Um, okay, let's talk 
man of the match. Who do you have? Hmm. Um, I'm going to give this one. Oof. I'm between two guys. I'm going to say Tom Barlow. Uh, I thought he did a great job leading the line. Uh, great uh, anticipation on the, I guess it was supposed to be a back pass to get the interception, grab an early goal, kind of gave, uh, it was, the game was kind of bogged down for much of the, I would say the first half. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of gave the team life and then a lead and Pittsburgh really couldn't, you know, they had their moments, but they couldn't ever find a way through. So I think Barlow with his ability to hold up the ball, uh, you know, his confidence on the ball and taking the first goal, which we've seen a couple times this year when he's had a big chance like that. It's, you know, he's kind of, it's kind of gone by the wayside. The Louisville game comes to mind for me, Mm -hmm. but he took it so well and uh, scored a very nice goal and, really set the tone for the game. I believe that's eight goals and uh, eight starts for Tom Barlow. So congrats there. Um, I'm going to give mine to Scott Levine. I thought, uh, you know, in terms of uh, his ability to be vocal on the back line, he did a great job or for the back line. He did a great job. He made that huge penalty stop on a number of other saves. I think they, uh, you know, the last kick of the game ends up being a goal. So I think that they, (laughs) they earned a shutout, all the way up until that last tiny, you know, 10 seconds. So I'm going to give it to him. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk playoffs. But before that, before we do that, I want to touch first on um, something that emerged today uh, in, in an Instagram post for Anatoly Bong, uh, in one of his stories, rather, as the, the kids say. Uh, Hassan and Dom is seen in the background uh, hobbling around. There's now a question about his health. Uh, team sources uh, would not confirm uh, whether or not he is injured. There's no information on that yet. Uh, but what does that do to their playoff chances if Ndam can't go? Oof. I mean, I the biggest question for me is who's going to be the third guy in. Because uh, they only have Scarlett and Pollitz. And Scarlett was hobbled, I think, a little bit at the end of the game. But I think he's okay. So that's the biggest question to me is who's going to be that third guy and can Scarlett and Pollitz maintain this? I mean, we it was a very good performance from Jordan on Sunday. Right, but, but his body of work this year is not indicative that he can yes. continue to do that. That's my biggest question. That's my second question is can they continue to do this to the playoffs? I mean, I will give this team a major props because the last five games, they only conceded one goal in every one of those games. And the previous five, they gave up two goals or more in four out of those five games. So down the stretch, as a unit, this team has been great defensively. So maybe they'll come together if Hassan can't go and just lock it down. Uh, I think uh, credit to the outside backs, too. Guys like um, Ethan Cutler and uh, Alan Giannis and Lucas Stauffer, who have done a good job, too. And Nico Deveris put in some good minutes as well. So I think... It's a. I think it's a, a significant loss, but I think if this team continues to play the way they have been down the stretch, they might be able to get past it. Yeah, I think you know the biggest factor in uh, the ability to play different backlines and to get results with those backlines, especially guys who are who have underperformed this season, like Jordan Scarlett, is to have uh, you know a guy like Christian Caceres sitting deep and really protecting that backline. I think that made a huge difference in terms of what we saw out there. But uh, I agree with you that they are not deep at center back. It could be problematic if they go down. And I want to know, uh, 
who are your top two choices to fill in in that position uh, should Endom not be able to go and anything happens to Scarlet or um, Pollitz? Oh, man. Um, Andrew Lombard would probably be one. I mean, I know we haven't seen a lot of them this year, but uh, I could see it. And maybe Alan Giannis, who does have experience playing there. Yeah, that would be my pick, Alan Giannis. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ethan. Uh, or you could stick Lima or Echevarria back there, but I don't. I think that's kind of a last-ditch uh, effort. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Giannis, uh, should that be the case. Charleston. Last time out, these two teams met in one of the craziest games of the season. Maybe one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, (laughs) They come back. Tom Barlow has a hat trick in like a 30-minute shift or less. Maybe it was 20 minutes. Uh, (laughs) uh, They come back from 3-0 down to tie it. They give up a goal. They come back again and tie it. Charleston scores last minute, but there's a mysterious foul or whistle or infraction of some kind. The goal doesn't count, and the referees run off the field. One of the strangest things I've ever seen. There was a lot more in the game that I think uh, the referees had some serious questions about their performance in that match. But uh, it's hard to really gauge anything from what we saw there because that is so uh, not typical of how either of these teams play. (laughs) Uh, Earlier this season, same thing. A 5-2 win for uh, New York Red Bulls 2 at Red Bull Arena. And that was really kind of the wake-up call for Charleston because they were floundering before that and then went on a great run. But you didn't really get a sense of who who they are and what they do well in either of these matches. Uh, talking to Barlow and uh, John Wolneck after the match, uh, they both talked about how uh, Charleston matches up very well against New York Red Bulls too. Barlow called out uh, one of the reasons why is they like to keep the ball on the ground, and that kind of helps play into the press. Uh, do you see Do you see Charleston trying to alter it up and play counterattack, which was somewhat successful for at least a half against the Red Bulls the last time they met? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they do have speed. Uh, Tula Guerra, you know, being their leading scorer on the season. And they do have speed on the counter, and I have seen them try and do this against teams this year. And this is that's the way you kind of beat, the you know, the Red, uh, Red Bulls, too, or mm-hmm. the Red Bulls, is you beat them on the counter when they're pressing high and you beat the press. I don't know if the team – I don't know if this team has – the ability though to do it. I mean they they did it in the they did it in the game at Charleston this year. But a lot of those goals were the back line was not set or there there miscommun there was miscommunication, especially on one of them. I think they were trying to play an offside trap and I think I think Hassan held them on or it was Aqui held them on. And th- you know that it was, was Hassan. A, yeah. Yeah it was Hassan who held them on. And then there was that you know it was an easy goal from there. And then one of the goals came from a set piece which was preventable and a lot of the goals I saw in the two games this year by Charleston were venerable goals. They were just bad turnovers or miscommunication or just something that was that needed that's can be worked on on the training ground. And again, it could come into play because, as we know, Scarlett and Pollitt aren't familiar with each other, so they're mm-hmm. going to have to be really have to, you know, know their game plan, stick with you know. Constant communication. I think Evan will play a part in that too, telling them, you know, what to do and organizing everything. So it's going to be something to watch as far as, you know, uh, Charleston's attack versus the Red Bulls' defense. And uh, Charleston, just to to give you some 
uh, context around how they've played so far. In their last five matches, they are 2-2-1, a draw against Nashville, wins against North Carolina and Ottawa, and losses to, get ready for this, Toronto FC 2 and Atlanta United 2, two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, so not not a lot of uh, optimism, maybe, uh, as they're kind of limping into the playoffs with those two losses to two very, very poor teams. Um, they did get a win over Ottawa, which uh, helped keep them out of uh, the playoffs. But Nashville, I think, also did their part. So, um, Okay, let's get a prediction for this match. I want to hear what do you think is going to be the end result? Are the Red Bulls to surviving into the next round? Do I swear every time I predict a win on this on this show, it's, it never ends good, and I can't predict a draw either. So um, I'm gonna say a two-zero win for Red Bulls too. Whoa, that would be impressive. They had a huge win in there uh, last season in the playoffs to start it. I think it was five nothing. Is that correct? Four nothing. It was it was a big one. I remember that. Okay, let's go around the rest of the league, and then I'll give my prediction. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Okay, we're gonna start out west. Uh, the first round matchup between Orange County SC and St. Louis FC. Orange County won four straight before losing uh, the season finale uh, against Reno, eighteen sixty-eight. St. Louis, they are three one and one. Anything can happen, uh, especially out West, but I want to know who's going to take that one, Joe. You know, it's interesting because uh, Orange County has not beaten St. Louis this year. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to say Orange County is going to win this game. Uh, I think they're just, you know, the West has been very weird at the top this year. No one's really kind of grasped that that best team in the West type thing. It's Mm kind of been flip-flopped between three teams, three or four teams this year. But I think Orange County wins this game comfortably. Okay. Um, then we've got the uh, Real Monarchs SLC, who were really tanking it uh, before two straight wins to finish off the season, um, against Reno 1868, who has been very solid throughout the second half of the year. Yeah, except for maybe, um, I think it was after you talked about their winning streak. They went yeah. on a little bit of a losing streak. <laughs> um, but I actually was watching a little bit of the game that took place uh, when uh, when they played at Real Monarchs this year. Uh, Reno hit the post four times in that game. Wow. So uh, I think this is a bad matchup for Real Monarchs. I think they've been floundering a little bit. Uh, Reno's incredibly hot coming in with that win over Orange County SC over the weekend. They drew Phoenix Rising and beat Portland too. They have some big wins. I think they're going to get the job done. I think they're going to win this game. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, your favorite Western Conference team, <laughs> Phoenix Rising, uh, versus Portland Timbers too. The Timbers beat Phoenix one nothing uh, in their season finale, uh, but their it, their coach wasn't so happy about that result. No, Rick Chance was not very happy about that, and had some things to say after the game. Uh, I think Phoenix will come into this game focused. Uh, I think they know what they need to do. I think they're, I think they're just a better team as well. I think they had a minor slip up this weekend, but at home that place is going to be rocking, um, and I think they're going to win this game. Fair. I I 
do not agree. I'm going to say Portland Timbers to <laughs> take this win. Two straight wins over Phoenix uh, it is going to be an upset. Um, Swope Park, kind of limping into the playoffs, too. They oh. started out so good this year, and then they really had uh, some struggles. Uh, they're taking on Sac Republic, who are on a four-game winning streak. and you know, uh, They got all the way up to the two-seed in the West. Yeah, I mean, I got to give a lot of credit for Sac Republic because they really – they had they, they kind of flew under the radar this year. Uh, I think Josh Cohen's been one of the best goalies in USL this year. Um, and Cameron Awaz has been really dangerous for them. So uh, Swope's interesting because, again, last year they – they caused the upset against Sacramento, and a lot of people weren't really expecting that. I don't think they'll surprise them this year. I think Sacramento's too good of a team, and I think they'll uh, I think they'll win this game comfortably. Okay. Uh, I agree with that. Swope Park has two wins in their last five matches. They came against the LA Galaxy 2 and San Antonio <laughs> FC, both of which missed the playoffs. They lost to Tulsa. A couple of weeks ago, you He's, might remember Tulsa is one of the worst teams in the league. They were second only to Toronto FC two, uh, and St. Louis, who uh, you know I think finished the season strong. I'm going to agree with you. I think Sac Republic moves on. Now heading east, this is a big one: FC Cincinnati against Nashville SC. Cincinnati finished off the year three zero and two, two straight draws against Pittsburgh Riverhounds and Nashville SC. 3-3 against Nashville SC, and they meet in the first <laughs> round at Nippert. Who you got, Joe? You know, that game was nuts on Saturday. I, I just have to say that. All, it's, it, I, I, <laughs> there has to be a winner this time. There's been three draws between these, <laughs> these, these teams this year. Uh, we know how Cincy, how dangerous Cincy is. Uh, Emmanuel Ledesma, Adi, Bone, Koenig. I mean, they're just they're, they're so dangerous. Um, but Nashville's been shown that they're very they're a tough team to break down, even with you know, even with that crazy game. I think that's kind of an outlier of how uh, how their games have gone between the two of them this year. Um, but I am gonna say I'm going with the upset. I think Nashville's gonna win this game in extra time. Brandon Allen penalty kick goal to win it. I was gonna say Brandon Allen. Uh, this is the, what they brought him in for. Uh, he had an okay game this past weekend. Uh, scoring one of the the two goals in the final ten minutes for Nashville to help uh, secure a tie. However, Cincinnati, you're up two one in the sixty third minute. You go up three <laughs> one, or sorry, no, sorry. Uh, I, I I looked at the time of these goals wrong. I was <laughs> I thought that they were up three one and then gave up two more to uh, to <laughs> tie. But I mean, come on, Cincinnati, see a game out. You want to be a champion, be a champion. Uh, then we've got Pittsburgh Riverhounds against Bethlehem Steel. Oh, I didn't say who I think is going to go through. I agree with you. It's Nashville. Uh, FC Cincinnati. The F stands for, well, you can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> they're going down, and Brandon Allen is going to be the guy who does it to them. Uh, moving on. Pittsburgh Riverhounds versus Bethlehem Steel. The battle for Pennsylvania moves into the playoffs. Who you got? Oh, man. This is... I, I kind of want to believe Bethlehem goes through in this one, but... I, just watching the the game when they played um, when they played uh, at at Goodman Stadium this year, that was just nuts. It was just end to end stuff the entire time, and uh, Pittsburgh ended up converting on their chances and won that game. 
then uh, Romeo Parks when they played at Pittsburgh, what a uh, with a re- with a wonder strike just before halftime, which I think took a lot of the air out of Bethlehem's uh, sails, and Pittsburgh just kind of controlled that second half. Uh, interesting stat: Bob Lilly has never lost to Bethlehem. Huh. Actually, he's that is very interesting. Three wins and two ties. Has never actually lost to them. Um, <clears throat> Pittsburgh hasn't been great over the last few weeks, but I think I, I just think they're a little bit better than Bethlehem, and I think uh, Pittsburgh is going to go through on this one. I was going to say it's been almost a month since Pins- Pittsburgh won their last match, and it was against Penn FC. Uh, they drew against Charlotte. Cincy, Atlanta United too, and then of course lost to the New York Red Bulls too. Um, I kind of like Bethlehem Steel in this match. I think that they could surprise uh, Pittsburgh. I think they match up okay against them. Uh, it depends on uh, on how Lilly approaches this match. If he puts the pedal to the metal and Pittsburgh want to control possession and move <laughs> forward, I think Bethlehem's going to catch them and, and win in a similar way to the the way the Red Bulls did. Mm-hmm. Finally, Louisville City. And Indy 11. Uh, we've got two more former Red Bulls uh, in this one. We've got Speedy Williams for Louisville and Carl we met for Indy 11. Who you got? Uh, I don't know if there's been a hotter team in the East entering the playoffs in Louisville. Uh, Cameron Lancaster's been fantastic for them this year. Uh, just I, he, I, think I think he has the Red Bulls, too, to thank for completely waking him up out of his... Uh, Little little uh, gold drought that he went on for a little while, and um, yeah, the, the actually it's been interesting this year because both teams have grabbed the win against each other, and then one of the games is a draw. But I think in Louisville is just a little bit too much for Indy right now. Uh, I think they're they should be one of the favorites to win the East again. Yeah, um, and I, I really. I, I don't think I think this is one of the teams you don't want to see if you're going in if you if you're going into the playoffs. I could agree with that. Um, and of course, they did just meet uh, Pittsburgh one or no, sorry, Louisville won one nothing over Indy eleven. In the last five matches, Louisville has five wins and fourteen goals scored. That's pretty good. <laughs> it, you will be hard pressed to find a team that is uh, um, running at a higher level than Louisville entering these playoffs. Okay. Uh, I think we did all the predictions. I did not predict how I feel about the Red Bulls this, this week, but <laughs> I will say that this is the, an opening round loss to Charleston. Look guys, I know they match up well against them. I know they should win this match. I know that they're playing at a, a very high level right now, but I, I'm just not ready to, to back this team. Uh, into the playoffs getting three straight results on the road is very very difficult and that's obviously what they're going to have to do uh to reach the final uh and not just to mention getting a result in charleston will be their third straight win if they can do it and i don't see it happening so i think i think next week we're going to be doing our season recap all right then (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see um i think that's it for us. We have a kind of a short show today. We didn't do X New York Red Bull two report. We did not have an interview this week, uh, but we wanted to get you ready for the playoffs. And uh, well, we're we're missing the question of who we we got to do our first round of who wins it all. Oh right, of course. Duh. How did I forget that? So who do you have? <laughs> the finals. Oh man, this is actually a tough one. Who's gonna win? Who's winning the West? Who's winning the West? 
Um, I'm going to say Sac Republic wins the West. Okay. I thought you were going to say Phoenix I'm, Rising. I'm, I did. I'm picking against my guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the East, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with my pick. It's going to be Louisville City. Okay. Louisville City and Sac Republic in the final. Who wins? Uh, I'm going to say Sac Republic wins. Louisville will get there, but not. they won't win this year. By the way, I've been told uh, because um, people who live in Louisville uh, are, are unaware that they are named after King Louis, but they pronounce it Louisville. It's <laughs> Louisville. I was told that I need to correct it on the show, so here I am doing it. Louisville. Uh, I agree with that. I don't think Cincinnati's reaching the final. I don't care what kind of pedigree they have. I don't care what kind of atmosphere they have at Nipper Stadium. They don't. They're not. They don't they play been like great there this year. So, they've I been mean, like. I mean that. Look, they're still pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, they're still pretty good. But I mean, it doesn't have like they're twelve, two, and three there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't have the feel that it did last. Like I remember watching the game last year with Red Bulls too, and I could see the feel there. Like this year, for me, I don't know. It just doesn't. I mean, and Louisville has beaten them there too. So I could see that. I could see that. Um, they've gotten what thirty-eight points on the road. I challenge you to prove me wrong, Cincy fans. Do it. Yeah. They've gotten one more point at home than they have on the road this season. That's that's what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think they've been pretty balanced. But I, I don't know. There's something about the way they finished the season. I'm not feeling it. I think they're they're gonna. They've met their match in Nashville. And uh, they will leave USL uh, having won that that regular season trophy and nothing more. Boy, we're going to get a lot of comments. (laughs) If if they're listening to the show, I guarantee they're not listening to this show. Cincy fans, come at me. They are. Yeah, I actually don't want that. They're very, very uh, annoying. (laughs) And they're very sensitive. Um. Which I, you know, I guess I understand. They're new, they're new. They got a big crowd, but uh, they're very, very sensitive. That sounds that sounds very familiar, right? <laughs> what other fans feel so entitled? Uh, I can't think of them. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say. I'm just going to let that one go. <laughs> there's, there's other playoffs coming up that we can worry about. That. All right. If you if there was one team that you got to like trash talk or or. Uh, no, no, that that's stupid. If there's one team that you got to pick a loss for in the opening round, uh, and it would actually become true, what team would that be? A loss for and yeah. it would become true. You want them to lose the first round. If there was a team that you could make lose the first round, Cincy, because I like seeing. It. I, like seeing it. <laughs> I mean, first off, if if Red Bulls two wins, they get a home playoff game then. So that would be that, pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I pick? First of all, I like it happened last year when I believe real monarchs were the one seed and they lost True. to, to the eight seed. So I, I, I like seeing, I like seeing upsets. I'm, I mean, I, I have nothing against Cincy. I'm I mean, fairly certain that Charleston was the one seed last year when they lost to the Red Bulls. Uh, I think there were two. Louisville two? was the one. Oh yeah. Duh. Silly me. Uh, I was thinking of Charleston mid-season, not at the end of the season. Still. Yes. Still. All right. That brings us to the end of another episode of Raising Bulls. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at jstein15. 
And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. Guys, don't worry. We are going to get Bill back soon. I'm sure that Anthony Merced will come back. Our Merced in campaign is is well underway. We'll see. He's mourning the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't have the heart to to really tease him about <laughs> the Yankees losing, but I will say this, Yankee fans. Um, <laughs> uh, after after the red or the Red Bulls after the Red Sox beat the Yankees. Um, one of the things I noticed were people were very upset about uh, the Red Sox demeanor, how they were playing New York, New York in their locker room following the match. Uh, and Yankee fans found that very disrespectful. And all I can say is uh, step up and win their matches. Then you don't have to cry about what happens when you lose. And don't talk garbage all year. If and you don't, don't troll them, don't troll them with the same anthem in, in the middle of the series. Cause right. it has it doesn't work. It didn't work clearly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you have it, <laughs> guys. You got to win you your got matches. New York City FC. There you go. That's exactly right. Um, okay, <laughs> you can find us at Facebook.com/slash/RaisingBulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. You can find us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast spotify i forgot to mention find us rate us review us it does help and it means everything to us hashtag merced in uh you could also find us at bgn.fm uh where we exist amongst a host of wonderful podcasts play the kids six point weekends back chat tornado alley st louis soccer report and so much more and of course the usl show you, if you want to find out what's happening in the USL playoffs, you want to be up on everything, listen to the USL show. Those guys really do a very good job every week. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Joe Steen, and Red Bull 2 fandom everywhere, thank you very much, and have a great night. Delayed I don't know if you like it. <laughs> <laughs>